Love is in the air, and you know who really deserves some extra love? You, that's who. So treat yourself to a mental pick-me-up with Best Fiends. Unwind with thousands of brain-tickling levels and tons of cute collectible characters. Because even in the shortest month, you deserve all the me time you can get. Ready to boost your brain power? Download Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a nature show host. In a native habitat of a suburban driveway, the poor victim of a broken windshield is left assessing his vehicle utterly helpless. Well, not true. If he's got GEICO, he can file a claim online, over the phone, or with his handy mobile app. But like a lone gazelle, he'll suddenly be left to fend for himself, awaiting his terrible fate. Nope. GEICO will assign him a designated claims team to help him out, too. So the gazelle gets his car fixed and everything. Wow. Nature is so cool. GEICO. Great service, without all the drama. welcome. This is my so-called true crime podcast, and I am your host, Brandy. So I want to get a little real with you guys. I have no idea what I'm doing with this podcast. I'm fairly certain that this will be my last podcast name change, because I like this name. However, I don't know if I can really promise that. As I'm getting into this, and I'm learning what my preferences are, especially considering my equipment, I feel my perspectives change. My research certainly has gotten a little bit better. Anyway, this title seemed to be more suited to my experience and the quality. It's still going to be the same podcast overall, I just won't be making a drink every time, because really, I don't feel like drinking every time I want to record. And frankly, if I did, I would never get any recording done. My last bout of silence should be proof enough of that. So let's continue my mission to get my voice out there. I'm incredibly introverted, but I will always be willing to talk about true crime. I'm completely obsessed. It's all I listen to. It's all I watch. I've actually run out of cases to watch, and I'm also caught up on all of the podcasts I subscribe to, and I still just can't get enough. So now I'm researching my own cases, and I'm sharing what I found with you.
tell you about the awful torture and murder of 15-year-old Christy Bamu. He was accused of witchcraft by his older sister and her boyfriend when he was visiting them in Newham, East London. His younger siblings were even forced to participate in this torture. Trigger warning, if you can't already guess, this episode talks about violence towards children. So grab whatever you need to get through this episode with me. Let's jump in. It's Christmas 2010, and 15-year-old Christy Bamu, along with his other siblings, went to visit their eldest sister, Magali, in Newham, East London. Christy and his family were living in the outskirts of Paris and had lived in France all of their life. They were a big household, three brothers, three sisters, the youngest being 11 years old, and the oldest was 28. Magalie was the only sibling that did not live with them. She chose to live in England. Christy was the middle child, and by all accounts, he had a happy disposition and a close bond with his siblings. With their parents' blessings, the five siblings took off for East London to spend the Christmas holiday with their sister, Magalie, and her live-in boyfriend, Eric Bakubi. They seemed happy to have the kids over for the holidays, and it started out great, but things took a dark turn just a few days before Christmas. This attack started when Eric accused the children of bringing kindoki, or witchcraft, into their home. This was December 20th and Christy had accidentally wet himself while he was waiting for his siblings to get out of the bathroom. Being a 15-year-old boy, I'm sure he was embarrassed when he wet his pants, and he even tried to hide it from everyone. But the torture began when Eric found the pants. This is where things get a bit crazy. Eric forced Christy and his two sisters to line up as he continued accusing them of witchcraft, saying they were trying to influence him with their sorcery. Fortunately, his paranoia did not extend to his remaining two brothers, even though he was convinced that they were aware of Christy's dance with the dark arts. Eric, being from Congo, believed in witchcraft, and he associated it with evil. While he took his anger out on the three children, Magalie just stood there and agreed with him. The children vehemently denied their involvement with black magic, but Eric wouldn't listen. He was desperate to make them confess their sins. And this is where the next four days of prolonged torture began. It was clear from the start that Christy was being targeted more than his two sisters. Even though the girls did receive a fair amount of attacks, Eric believed wholeheartedly that it was Christy who tried to poison him with witchcraft. Christy would not give in to Eric's demands for a full confession of witchcraft, even though his sisters had already confessed to avoid further attacks. 
So Eric took matters into his own hands and started, quote, absolving, unquote, the children of their sins. He would starve them, force them to pray constantly, and even refuse them sleep. This psychological torture took its toll on the children. It weakened their resolve, but it wasn't enough to make Christy confess to something he wasn't guilty of. This is when Eric decided he needed to get physical with the children. On Christmas Day, after four days of extreme torture, Magalie called her father, Pierre Bemu. And during this call with their father, Magalie told him that he needed to come and pick up her five siblings because they were witches. And then Eric snatched the phone away from Magalie and he told Pierre that if he didn't pick up the kids, then he was going to kill Christy. Christy even got on the phone, and in a calm voice, he told his father that Eric would kill him. And then the line went dead. Pierre frantically called car rentals near him, but so many places were closed. Pierre claimed that he was in such a state of disbelief. I mean, he never, ever saw a violent side to Eric before. But despite these threats, he decided to wait until Monday to pick up the kids. And even though he didn't really think that Eric would actually harm the children, he still called 911 and reported the call. However, Eric's punishment became more and more severe. He had started with a wooden stick, beating Christy with it until his blood stained the wood. Magali even joined in. She used a rod and a stick to hit her brother. She told him that he deserved everything that was happening to him because he practiced witchcraft. Then they started hitting Christy in the mouth with a hammer, knocking out his teeth before they forced an iron rod down his throat. Eric would also use his fists and he ordered Christie's brothers to hold him down while Eric would bash Christie's head against the floor, and his limbs were also completely smashed. These brothers included a 13-year-old boy and an autistic 22-year-old. They were in such a state of shock, exhaustion, and fear. They did everything asked of them. They were so terrified to say no. Christy was still alive after all of this, and he had completely confessed to practicing witchcraft. And at this point, Eric decided he needed to cleanse the demons from Christy and his siblings. He put the children in the bathtub and sprayed them down. Christy was so weak, and he was unable to stand. So Eric filled the bathtub to the brim. Christy was in so much pain and he was begging to die. Eric said he left the boy in the bathroom by himself for a little while. And when he returned, Christy was completely submerged and unmoving. Magalie panicked. 
She was crying for her dead brother, pleading with Eric to call 911, but he refused. He simply told her that Christy was faking it. So finally, Magalie took matters into her own hands and she called 911, but it was too late. Before the drowning, he had already suffered 101 injuries. The police and medic that busted into the apartment found it to be messy. I mean, there was blood spatter on the floor, the walls, and curtains. Various tools that they had used to torture Christy were strewn about the apartment. And the poor children were so distraught they weren't able to translate to the police what had happened. Later that day, Pierre received a second phone call. Except this time, this call was from Kelly, his 20-year-old daughter. This call was from the hospital, informing him that Christy had been drowned in the bathtub and that he was dead. Both Magalie and Eric were brought before the court for torture and murder of Christy Bemu. Magalie had come to the court prepared with her story, pleading that she was innocent, trying to convince the judge that Eric had forced her to participate in her brother's torture. However, this did not work in her favor. Her remaining siblings all testified against her. They said that she was involved from the very beginning she would even try to encourage Eric to keep going. Eric had a different defense planned out. He never denied killing Christy. His defense made the argument that he had brain damage and he truly believed that Christy was a witch and he pleaded insanity. The court denied his plea. His lawyers tried to argue that the fear of witchcraft, fueled by the upbringing typical of Congo, led to his actions, <laughs> but the judge did not feel that it excused the acts in question. During the trial, the court heard that Christy had been attacked with knives, sticks, metal bars, ceramic floor tiles, bottles, and a hammer and chisel by Bakubi and Bamu, his sister. There was also reports that they had used a pair of pliers to twist his ears. The murder and torture of the 15-year-old and subjecting the other siblings to torture as well earned Eric a 30-year prison sentence, while Magalie was given 25 years. During the sentencing phase, Judge David Paget said that the murder was sadistic and it was prolonged torture involving mental and physical suffering being inflicted before death. He even added that the belief in witchcraft, however genuine, cannot excuse an assault on another person, let alone the killing of another human being. Then he looked at Magalie and he told her to fuck right off. He wasn't going to accept her denial of belief in witchcraft or claim that she was forced to attack Christy by Eric. He said, it is only explicable if you share Eric Bakubi's belief. It provides some explanation for what happened, but it does not excuse it. He also pointed out that at no point did she even say that she was sorry. Pierre, Christie's father, said 
that he feel felt betrayed to know that Christie's own sister, Magalie, did nothing to save him, and that made the pain much worse. I'll give him this. It was a well-said quote. However, I think it goes deeper than just doing nothing, because Magalie was a part of it, which makes me believe that his statement was actually made before the trial. And he's just at a loss of words to find out what really happened to his son. I mean, what do you say when you find out that your daughter, your son's sister, had a hand in the heinous torture he endured? Well, this case is heartbreaking, to say the least. I was completely surprised to find that Scotland Yard had investigated 83 cases involving abuse resulting from ritualistic or faith-based beliefs over the last 10 years. So I took to Google and I did my own research and I am just flabbergasted. I mean, I had no idea that witchcraft and ritual murders were still very much a thing in the 2000s. And within just a few minutes, I found a handful examples of cases that happened in just the last five years. And these examples play out like a medieval tale, children with mental disabilities being treated like they're possessed. Over and over, I read how parents of mentally ill children continually use religion as, as one would use a doctor, each more heartbreaking than the last. A charity organization that had expertise in this issue was created, Trust for London, and it's been working with communities on this issue, training over 4,000 church officials. This has helped to educate people about children's right and given people the strength to disclose other types of abuse, not just the ones linked to a belief in witchcraft or spirit possessions. This organization also helped frontline employees in the police, education, and social services to understand faith-based abuse. The Trust of London also fund organizations such as UK Congolese Safeguard and Action Group, Church's Child Protection Advisory Service, and African United African Unite Against Child Abuse. It has allowed forums for parents and children to discuss this issue. Because of this, many children can now spot the signs of faith-based abuse and challenge parents or pastors when they suspect that this is happening. <sighs> okay, all right guys, we did it. Yay! We made it through another one of my episodes. <laughs> Excuse me, my dog is barking. I know that this happened in the UK, but it is surprising that something so heinous actually has very little coverage. And what's more, then I find out how common something like this is. I'm not sure why I find it so shocking. I'm sure I could easily find cases of faith-based abuse right here in America. I guess it's just hard to swallow it, to think that just 10 years ago, poor Christy was being tortured over such a medieval idea. Witchcraft. I have the belief that 
a lot of people were accused of witchcraft and possessions back in the medieval times who were just suffering from mental illnesses. People just didn't know enough about the mind back then to know any different. And it's so crazy to me that still to this day, with all the advances in technology and medicine, we still have people being accused of something so mystical and being punished for such. As a civilization, we need to do better. Well guys, that's it for me tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you like what you heard, give me a like, leave me a review. It would mean the absolute world to me. You can contact me on Twitter at my so-called crime, Instagram at bombazzled. You can email me at my so-called true crime pod at gmail.com. I also have a website at brandystruecrimeparadise.com. And again, guys, thank you for tuning in and stay safe out there, my dudes. And I'll catch you next time. My so-called true crime podcast is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Brandy. Opinions are just that, and they are mine. Also, tonight we had a special guest, Coda. He just slept in the corner while I recorded this episode. And you can actually hear his snoring, so that's what you're into. Enjoy that. And we'll talk to you guys later. Good night. When it comes to how your home should look and feel, only you know what's best. So why settle for something that's not the style, the color, or the comfort level you love? With Joybird's customizable furniture and modern home decor, you get to call the shots. With hundreds of silhouettes and over 70 fabrics and leathers, including kid and pet-friendly options, you're sure to find the perfect piece for your space. 
All of our customizable Joybird pieces are made to order and delivered right to your door, giving you a high-quality, one-of-a-kind piece that fits right in with your one-of-a-kind style. Even if you're not sure where to begin, Joybird's free design services program will pair you with an experienced interior designer who will provide you with a custom mood board or space plan to help you bring your dream room to life. Plus, if you use code HOME30 at checkout, you'll save 30% on your next order. Design a space you love coming home to at joybird.com home30. Enjoy basketball, soccer, and all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using bonus code CHAMPION and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. Plus, when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code CHAMPION and place your first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Now you're winning with the king of sportsbooks. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. and Virginia only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.